0: Hello. Greetings. Hello. Welcome. It is Monday. Fun day. (laughs) Error. All right, you guys. It has been a week. A, A humid, stormy, weird week, and kind of a... Holding Pattern Week in the News. I'm Sandra Cho Swanson, lead producer at CityCast Las Vegas, and I am here with Leila Muhammad, our producer. Hello. And our host, David Figler. Hi.
1: It's August in Las Vegas. It doesn't seem like August in Las Vegas. What up? No.
0: No, it's weird. It's weird. Oh, and also, I just want to say a happy belated birthday to David, who just celebrated.
1: Yesterday.
0: Oh, my goodness. Happy birthday. Oh,
1: yes. Another adventure around the sun.
0: Yes, exactly. So for this week around the sun, I should say partially around the sun, today on CityCast Las Vegas, we are talking about population growth in Southern Nevada We'll talk about mental health and schools. There's a bright spot of hope, I think, out there. And then we're going to kvetch about parking downtown because who does not love to kvetch about parking downtown? Oh,
1: I'm an old school downtown kvetcher, so I feel like I'm right in the right place.
0: <laughs> we can't wait. It's going to be so good, you guys. It's Friday, August 19th, 2022. I'm Sonia Cho Swanson, and this is CityCast Las Vegas. Okay, first item of news, you guys. A report just came out of UNLV that says, our population is predicted to grow by more than 1 million to a total of 3.39 million by 2060. Gut reactions, go. Terrible. (laughs)
2: On track?
0: Okay. So
1: this report comes out once a year. From what I understand, it's kind of all the agencies that kind of track this stuff. And, you know, they're like, yep, It's still going that way. (laughs) Y'all prepare. For the onslaught of people. It's a great report. I think it's very useful to the people who think about the future of Las Vegas, those handful of people who seem to do that as opposed to live on the fly. But yeah, we're still on track to grow unprecedentedly. I well, I don't know, unprecedentedly. I mean, right. we used to we used to double in population every 10 years for a really long time. So, but three million plus seems like a lot for our little valley. What do you think, Layla?
2: Yeah, it's I say terrible because all of these years, one of the issues that we've talked about with our growth is that our infrastructure just isn't there yet. And it's so interesting because a lot of the jobs that are being created are infrastructure jobs. And you can just see that driving down the highway. There's always construction now. They're always expanding parts of the highway. If you go downtown on Las Vegas Boulevard, it seems like they've been redoing those streets for like a year now. And so, I think the traffic repercussions of this is just it we're not we're not picking up as fast as we're growing. But hopefully as all of these road projects get finished and the freeways expand and the streets get whatever they're doing to the streets get done, hopefully it feels a little less jarring.
0: Yeah, I I'm curious to know as we become More of a big city if we're going to get some actual big city public transportation. Fingers
1: Uh crossed. Oh, yeah. I mean, public transit has to be part of that equation. But, you know, I don't know that every municipality in Southern Nevada embraces that. You know, I I think that there is kind of this thought as we see all these road projects and stuff that we are going to remain forever a car culture. And that's probably not as viable for a happy future for our little little valley as these bigger conversations would seemingly require. But yeah, transportation and housing and education and all these things, that report does break it down by some really interesting demographics. I mean, we're going to have a much bigger, older population and the needs Mm, of an older mm -hmm. population. The Hispanic population, that's one of the categories of demographic, is going to almost double, you know. I'm actually
0: a little confused on that point. So the the press release from UNLV says that Hispanics after 2038 are expected to be the county's largest population group, accounting for 60.2% of the population growth by race. But I, as I understood it, the the AAPI, Asian American Pacific Islander category from census data, was the fastest growing population in Clark County. So I'm, I'm a little confused about, maybe, maybe I'm just not seeing how the numbers kind of actually pan out, but I, I would love to get more information about that. Yeah, mm-hmm.
1: I, they're hard reports, right? I mean, you know... I love talking the talk, but wonk the wonk is a little right. rough sometimes. <laughs> but I guess the, the the hope and prayer is that for all of the, the differing demographic and the differing needs of the community that that's being sort of thought of right now, and that the various cities, municipalities, etc. within our community aren't just being aspirational, but that they're you know, actually doing the things that they say that they're doing. Although, I not to be too cynical, although that's kind of my role sometimes, is to be too <laughs> cynical. I just don't see Henderson, which is the master plan community capital of our state, Starting to build apartments and doing things that are outside of their normal wheelhouse, even though they say they aspire to do that. And the need will clearly be there, because while we could predict how many people are going to be here and we could predict a lot of things about those people, we don't know exactly where they're going to wind up living. And so everyone kind of has to work together. Mm
0: -hmm. That's the question. Where are they all going to go? Where are they all going to go?
2: We're already building into Red Rock and into the mountains. So it's like, how far can our valley stretch?
0: You know, when I was a kid, I read this book. I don't know why I just, I stayed in my memory, but like there was a a boy who was going on adventures and he came across this like population of like mole people who lived underground their entire lives and never went up. Maybe the answer for Las Vegas is to build down. Maybe we need to build into into the ground and become more people out of the sun
2: out of the sun. That would be the key point there, the key (laughs) appeal.
0: Well, let's move on to the next topic, school mental health. So shout out to journalist Camelot Todd at the Nevada Current for an amazing article detailing the disparities between Mm -hmm. what our schools have and what we need. One of the figures that she puts out there is that the state would need 35 times as many school social workers and 3.7 times as many school psychologists to meet the recommended ratio in the student population. Layla, what's going on with that?
2: We have the fifth largest school district in the nation, and according to the Mental Health America's annual rankings, we're dead last for youth mental health in terms of the state having a higher prevalence of mental health illnesses among youth and lower rates of access to care. They cite two reasons for having this deficit of mental health workers in schools. They're citing a lack of qualified licensed providers and the... Barrier to access these providers because of affordability. And this comes after the New York Times article in January 2021 that a spike in suicides among teens pressured the school district to reopen. So I I think the importance of having these resources in schools to prevent these mental health crises instead of reacting to this is so important. I remember being in high school it was really hard to get an appointment with a counselor. And talking to my niece, mm. who is a senior this year, she's saying how crowded it feels. And I can only imagine if it's feeling this crowded among the students and they can't access a counselor or a psychologist, is detrimental to their health. The article by Kim Watt Todd mentions that there was just a vote in the Interim Finance Committee on August 17th to allocate some American Rescue Plan Act funds to the state's child system of health care. So, David, can you tell us how those funds broke down and how that vote went?
1: Yeah, so we're not talking specifically about being in the schools, but there is an allocation now of these federal funds, these ARP funds, as they've been come to be known, in ways that are going to definitely be dedicated for our youth in the community. So we've got $1.6 million to support mobile crisis teams here in Clark County, up in Washoe as well, 7.3 million for wraparound intensive coordination care for youth with serious needs, 2.4 million to provide intensive family and home services, and then 2 million to establish a Children's Behavioral Health Authority, which is gonna help Nevada's behavioral health workforce and provide oversight of children's mental health services in the state. All very important, and then there's also Millions of dollars that are going to go towards diagnostic and therapeutic providers through a grant-a-gift autism foundation over at the Ackerman Center. So, you know, look, it, there's a lot of mental health needs in our community. There's a lot of mental health needs for our kids. I, I, I see these stark numbers in the schools. Uh, I don't know that it is a, a Clark County School District problem as much Mm -hmm. as it is a community problem or Mm -hmm. a community concern and also a workforce concern i mean this is a bigger conversation for the community i'm glad to see that the state is taking it seriously but you know it always comes up in these conversations what are we doing for the mental health in our community and we do some but I guess the the wisdom is that there's not enough money to do everything, so we do what we can. But that doesn't take away a lot of hurting for a lot of people.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, you're you're right. But I I think, and this is for better or worse, but you know, we've seen over the last couple decades, like all these social services coming into our schools, right? Because all of the problems and ills of society are showing up in our schools, and I think that's where it's easy to catch them. It's easy because children are coming out of their homes they're being observed by teachers and administrators. And so we have free breakfast programs, free lunch, free meals to take home. We have the mental health services available to students in the schools, because that's where we can find them. That's where we can see the students and catch them. So Mm -hmm. I mean, for better or worse, I think we've seen a lot of our social welfare programs enter our schools to catch, I guess, remedy the ills that we see the rest of our community.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, we also have that as counter-programming to the You know school to prison pipeline conversations that are prevalent as well and obviously the more intervention early on or assistance or you know just basically firmer safety net for a a lot of a lot of kids facing a lot of different types of traumas and a lot of different types of challenges the less likely that you know the juvenile justice system will have to intervene and so there's also that sort of thought of and I'm saying this in the broadest umbrella sense, cost savings, uh hmm. so not just economic, but you know that sort of emotional cost and that uh
0: the human toll the human
1: toll exactly yeah. mm-hmm. so hopefully those conversations are happening too.
2: um I just wanted to bring up kind not really in defense of our community, but um, yeah, don't defend no- our
1: community, Layla.
2: <laughs> how dare I?
1: indefensible Las Vegas.
2: But no school district actually meets the recommended ratio for Ah. mental health counselors and providers in schools. Um, In the country? Yeah, in the country. There are some districts that have a lot, it seems like a lot lower of um, a deficit than we do. And I think there's an early pilot program that's hoping to build these services to Medicaid um, so to free up some of those funds to be able to hire more providers in huh. schools. Interesting. So, I mean, we're addressing, we're slowly but surely addressing the issue in Nevada. But where this, like David said before, this isn't unique to us. I think it's really a nationwide problem. Just it feels a little like it's hitting a little harder in our school district. Yeah.
1: Well, I mean, you know, we talk about all the deficiencies in our school district and, you know, recent school board meetings and by recent i mean like the last couple of years there's there's a lot of frustrated parents there's a lot of angry students uh there's a lot of un, unfulfilled needs uh and and the challenge of meeting them in like layla said the fifth largest school district in the country we have that distinct you know honor and or shame of being so big and 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 trying to service so many different needs in a very diverse community it's definitely a challenge
0: here here well let's go on to somewhat lighter topics here, Although here. I, I think yes. we can get let nice and oh. all nice and cranky about this one too you guys so uh the city recently announced that it was Instituting a lunch spot parking program, so from eleven a.m. Oh. to one p.m. Monday through Friday, metered parking in the Arts District will be free. So that's you know the Charleston Boulevard to Commerce Third Street to Oakey Boulevard. You know where, where all those restaurants are. How are we feeling about this? Is this uh, some relief? Wee. <laughs> there you
1: go. <laughs> Uh, Okay. I I think there was enough pushback. I think the businesses there were like people drive by, they see that they have to pay and they go somewhere else. And, you know, there is this concept that uh, you need to have people do stuff on a regular before you can start changing up the game. And so it was free parking, street parking for a really long time as those businesses over the last couple of years just started kind of getting into their groove, started to pop up on a regular basis, new and more interesting array of businesses, not just restaurants, but, you know, also retail and some other stuff down there in the arts district. Uh, And then I think the business owners were like, okay, uh, you're putting in parking, we don't get a piece of that, but our customers are paying for it. And now we're seeing our customers just keep on driving and not stopping. And, And so I think that this was kind of like the the temporary compromise. There's a lot more discussion about the nature of paid parking and city policy and transparency or lack of transparency. Mm -hmm.
0: Right, right. And also just like, who are you keeping out, right? Yeah. We've been saying so much during this conversation.
2: We're a pretty small town still relatively. So it's not hard to go somewhere where parking is free and go to a different business. And I remember I went downtown so much more when parking was free. I went to the Arts District in First Friday when parking was easier to find. And I have a philosophy for like being a Vegas local and living here my whole life. Like I, re- I refuse to pay for parking when I don't have to or when I can find. A right, different you live way. by your
0: principles, Layla. You are exactly. so young
1: to be like mired in nostalgia, Layla. I love it. Uh, it is taking me like decades more to be just cranky about the way it used to be in Vegas, and you've like nailed that right off the bat. I'm i here. Love I've
2: it. already, I've already landed in this place. Yeah,
1: yeah. she's
0: a real local.
1: And, and this goes back to uh, just us being such so- a damn car culture is mm. that, you know, no one talks about, well, uh, we should just take transit down to, to the Arts District for lunch, you know, because okay. I don't want to wait an hour and a half for that bus route to get to yeah. the or I'm exactly. not going to walk in, you know, 110 degree and now 200% humidity, uh, which mm. is just that weird <laughs> anomaly that's happening. But yeah, it, it's interesting, the conversations that occur around parking. From what I understand, they're trying to... And this is again kind of wonky, but trying to raise funds to do the bonding to do a uh, public parking garage downtown area. Oh, that would so, be amazing. Well, yeah, and that's the concept. But you know, they're they're probably not going to get rid of the parking meters once they're there. And I, I mean. Look, I've got a whole different gripe about, it. well, first of all, I think that uh, making it easier for people to support a burgeoning area is very important. And I think that intuitively, parking meters is a barrier. I also understand business concerns are twofold. One, they want more people to come down, but also, you know, there has to be some kind of turnover of of vehicles, you can't just park there all day because that also discourages people from coming. And so, you know, there's that weird little balance.
0: I have have a question for you guys. Um, Has paid parking actually impacted your behavior? Have you seen a paid parking meter and either driven past, stayed for a shorter amount of time? I'm just curious how paid parking has impacted you on an individual level.
2: I I go downtown a lot less than I used to. I used to go to First Friday almost every month. Um, and go downtown a lot more when like you could just find parking in like a random dirt lot that everyone was parking in or parking on the street. But now all of those lots are paid. All the street parking is paid. So I go downtown a lot less than I do. Or I look for the times where it's like free parking between these times.
0: What about you, David?
1: Because I do live nearby, we walk more and that's not a bad thing so to the extent that you know to the people who live closer by and have the ability to do that i think it does discourage that car culture that i seem to rail about a lot that's one thing but i would also like to see a little bit more transparency and easy easy access to the numbers i wonder how much they pay the parking enforcement people how much revenue gets raised where exactly that revenue goes and uh, quite honestly I I think that because there's been so much investment by those small little restaurants and bars and and shops down in the arts district that if you know, they're concerned about losing some business because of this new parking regime that just sort of popped up like it did, that they get some share of that as well, or that, you know, part of the revenues that are generated from paid parking are, are put into a fund to help improvements in the area to make uh, it even a better arts district. And I don't know that that's really been legitimately part of the conversation at all or at all. So mm-hmm. yeah, that's my thoughts about it. I, you know, look, you have to get used to it. The city going to do what the city going to do that's always the way and they look at this hot area and they're like "Ah, oh, there you go so maybe it's benevolent maybe it's opportunistic maybe it's exploitive but i think more transparency we could have a better conversation about it still there's a lot of things worth going to down at the arts district so i hope that people find a way
0: sure even if you have to park six blocks away yes
1: just don't park in front of my house <laughs>
0: All right, final question, you guys. This is going to be rapid fire. If Las Vegas had its own Mount Rushmore, and then assuming we're not, you know, again, violating a sacred Native American monument the way that Mount Rushmore actually violated a sacred oh my Native God. American monument. yes. Mm-hmm. I know, right? We had, right, to, we had to point right. that out. So a non-violating Mount Rushmore in Las Vegas, who would be, name one person who would be on your Las Vegas Mount Rushmore. I'd like to hear David's first. No, I want to hear Layla's on.
1: first. Actually, I want to go, <laughs> Sonia. What's yours first? Get
0: yeah, past the baton here like that. Come on. It, it's going to determine
2: gonna... how ridiculous mine's going to be.
1: Oh, just go for okay. it. Just go ridiculous, and I will either out ridiculous you or less
2: ridiculous you. <laughs>
0: All right, let's let's hear Layla's ridiculous ridiculous answer. Ha.
2: Okay, I'm going to put. Brendan Flowers of The Killers
0: on really? my Las
2: Vegas Mount Rushmore. The Killers were instrumental growing up for me in Las Vegas. I've been to, I think, four of their concerts. They were my favorite band at one time, probably still up in my like top five. And I mean, they put Vegas on the map for rock, arguably Christian rock. I've seen that argument re- Wait, recently. What? That they're a Christian rock band, yeah. If you really listen to the lyrics... But they're one of the most influential rock bands um, coming out of Las Vegas, so I think that's pretty cool. And why not put him up there?
0: Cool. All right, David, your one liner. Who's your person you're adding to Las Vegas as Mount Rushmore?
1: All right, I'm gonna put, and this is this is a sleeper. Okay. I'm gonna put Jay Sarno on there.
0: We're talking about the Caesar's Palace guy. Yeah. Okay.
1: Yeah, so Jace Sarno, one of the innovators of what has now become the modern Las Vegas. He came to the community in the 60s. He was a gambling man. He was a showman. He created two very iconic casinos in Las Vegas that inspired a lot of things that came after and followed. He ultimately lost those properties. He lived the lifestyle that he was bringing people into. But Caesars Palace and Circus Circus in a town where casinos and resorts, come and go and radically change, those two have persevered. And I think that type of perseverance is a testament to the man who I think belongs on our Mount Rushmore.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: Oh, I love it. I'm convinced, honestly, by both of you. Well, now I feel bad because my person is also a man, Uh, and I feel like we need a woman on our Mount Rushmore but my contribution is a man kind of also a sleeper agent his name is Bill Tomiyasu and he was one of the early farmers in the Las Vegas Valley he was Japanese American he came in 1916 he made a lot of contributions to figuring out how we can actually grow produce out here in our our hot weather and he fed a lot of the folks who were building Hoover Dam mm. and is really kind of an unsung hero of Las Vegas so i would add Bill Tomiyasu i think nice
2: Yeah, I would love to hear the listeners take on their ridiculous or not so ridiculous people that they would put on Las Vegas Mount Rushmore.
1: There's a lot of women on there. Maybe we'll do the women episode next time.
0: Yeah, there we go. Because
1: There's a lot to come to mind. Yes.
2: We'll revisit this.
0: To be fair, we didn't actually hear each other's answers. And so we, you know, we would have been a little more thoughtful if we were actually curating the full selection. Um, But if you have Thoughts or gripes, you know where to find us. We're at CityCast Vegas on Twitter. You can also call us and leave us a very nice or a very nasty voicemail what? if you want to. 702 514 0719. That's 702 514 0719. Please make it nice, actually. All right. Well, thank you guys for this amazing conversation. As always, I wish we could just hang out and talk for hours. Maybe we'll do that after we hit stop on the recording.
2: Yes. Thanks, Sonia.
1: Great to see you guys. And
0: happy belated birthday, David. Yay. Happy birthday,
1: David. It goes throughout Woo. the weekend. So I'll find a place to park and then we're just going <laughs> to. No, I'm going to walk because it right. might be drinking.
0: That's right. That is all for today here on CityCast Las Vegas. Our lead producer is me, Sonia Cho Swanson, and our producer is Leila Muhammad. Our newsletter editor is Scott Dickensheets, and our hosts are David Figler and Vogue Robinson. Music is by OG Moose and All the Kimonos. We record this show on the traditional homelands of the Nguvi, the Southern Paiute people. If you enjoyed this show, I know you did. Go tell a friend, rate the show, give us some stars, you know, leave us a review, and don't forget to subscribe to our brilliant morning newsletter. We'll be back Monday morning with more news from around the city. Take care. It's Monday, August 22nd, 2022. No, it's not. It's not?
2: It's 19.
1: It's Friday, the roundup.
0: Oh, my God, you guys. Thank you. Why? I I swear to God, I have half a brain cell left. Okay.